0: Good morning, and welcome to the River of Life Sunday Morning Podcast. If you're local to Wakulla County, we'd love to see you and worship with you in person. Our service times are Sunday at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. God bless you, and we hope you enjoy the sermon. I like being in a church where we're not really sure what's going to happen next. (laughs) But boy, that is good. I will exalt you. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm glad to see you this morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, this is good. This is good. If anything is good, this is good to be in the house of the Lord. Well, uh, one of the things that I'm pretty confident we can all agree on, we can all agree on this, that we're going through some pretty tough times right now. The world's going through some pretty tough times right now. Did you read the news where India had the largest single day total of COVID reports in one day? Over 330,000 cases in one day. Uh, The pandemic is not over. It's not over. And then uh, there's just so many things. We could talk about the political unrest. Uh, Racism is at a boiling point. Uh, unprecedented political hatred. Never seen it like this before. Have you? Um, uh, I'll tell you what you're not hearing. This is what you're not hearing from anybody. All is well in the nation and the world and things are looking better. Have you heard that lately? No, no, you have not. And, and, and I just want to, I want to tell you, there's a feeling of uncertainty in the air. No, nobody's, nobody's sure what will happen next. We just aren't. So what I want to do this morning is I want to give you three things that will help you pass the test. That's been our theme for a while now. Three things that will help you pass the test in troubled times. In troublesome times. And these three things are right out of the Bible. I'll show you right in scripture. These are three things we're to do when the world's in bad shape. And I do want to tell you this, it will not help you to learn these and forget them. You need to learn these three things and you need to remember them. You need to remember them because I'm pretty sure that tough times are here to stay. Uh, I don't think normal will ever be normal again, whatever normal is. And so, so I want to do two things this morning. First of all is I, I, I want to I give you three things that you need to know, you need to do, you need to be busy about during these days. And then I want to help you remember these things. I want to preach this message, the Lord willing, in such a way that you won't forget it that if a week from now, I walk up to Bob or you and say, what are these three things that we're to be doing right now? And you're gonna be able to tell me and you won't have to get your notes out either, okay? You wanna check your iPhone or your iPad. But what I'm gonna to have to do is borrow your imagination just for a little while. And, and I'm gonna paint three pictures for you. I'm gonna give you three middle images And, and then I will bring it all together and show you where it's found in the scriptures, but I'll need your imagination for a second. So here's what we're going to do. And you may need to close your eyes when I'm doing some of this, but, uh, do I have a ring? Hello? Yes. Is it ringing? Yeah. Yeah. Those of us who can't hear don't know it, but, uh, but anyway, so what is the, do it, should I go to a handheld? I'm, I'm better now. Okay. By the way, our unsung heroes are in what I call Control Central back there. And thank you guys for what you're doing. Thank you so much. So much. So here are the, here are the pictures. You don't have to close your eyes, but it may help you. The first picture is, and by the way, these pictures involve uh, something between you and God. And the first picture has to do with your hands. The second picture has to do with your heart. And the third picture has to do with your entire body, your entire being. Okay, here's the first one. God says to you, I want you to build a person. Now you think, my goodness, how would I go about building a person? But the fact is, if God tells you to build a person, you can build a person, right? God would never tell you to do something you can't do. And so God tells you to build a person. And since you're afraid not to do what God tells you to do, you start building a person. But you don't have the tools. You don't have the ability. You don't have the talent. So hold your hands out like this. Hold your hands out. Remember, I'm trying to get a picture. All right, put your hands down. So you take your hands and you start trying to build a person. And then all of a sudden, there it is. You're building a person. There's a person right in front of you. It just seems like you have the tools, you have the ability, you have what you need. If you want to think about it being a mannequin, I guess you could do that. But the problem with that is this mannequin is going to come to life in just a few moments. And and so so you're building this person and, and you just go at it. And somehow you have the gift, somehow you have the ability, somehow you have the knowledge. It's all supernatural. God is helping you, moving through you. But with your hands, you are building a person. I thought about this when I was preparing this message. The person I'm building will not have red hair. <laughs> and if your brother Bill Jenkins, the person you're building probably will have hair. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so you're building a person, but you're not just building a, a, a physical being in front of you you're building in character you're building in intelligence you're building in passion and compassion you are building a person and to your amazement it is a miracle it is a miracle of miracles and you don't even know how you're doing it but then all of a sudden there's this person standing in front of you that's scene one scene two is this God hands you something and he puts it in your hands and God says, this is precious. You need to keep this. The keeping of this is vitally important for the rest of your life. And there it is in your hands and you're not sure what to do with it. And all of a sudden you look down and right over your heart, there's a door it's not a wooden door, even a metal door. It's more like the door of a big gun cabinet or, or the door of a vault in a bank. This is a door where you would put something behind that door that you would never want to lose. That you'd never want anybody to ever be able to take it away from you. And there's this door. And so you reach and you open that door that goes to your heart. And you put this precious thing in your heart. And you close the door. That's the end of scene two. Scene three is God says to you, turn around. And when you turn around, you see this house and it's on fire and it's blazing with fire. And you start hearing screams and God says, go save those people. And without a thought, you start running toward that house. You have no idea what you will do. You have no idea that you have the ability to do anything. And then as you're approaching the house, you're running. Someone sails out. Of a second story window, and somehow you catch them. And I I mean you had this strength. It wasn't even hard. You you caught them and you put them down, and then somebody else jumped, and then some children jumped, and, and then some some adults jumped, and you don't even know where you're getting this strength, but there they are, they're on the ground. Then you hear some screams within inside, and you run inside the fire and and, and you start grabbing people. A few of them resist because they're disoriented, but you just jerk them up anyway. You just jerk them up. You're getting out of here whether you want to or not. You're coming with me. You jerk them up. Sometimes you'll have two at a time. You're running outside and you get them outside. And then there's no more entrance. And they're standing around and they're looking at you and they're going. Thank you for saving us. There's a little bit of sadness in your heart because you fear you didn't reach them all. But you saved some. Now, friends, those are the three pictures I want you to keep in mind. If you'll do this, you'll be able to remember the three things that you need to do. By the way, what's, what are you building with your hands? What are you putting in your heart? Something special, something pre, uh, precious. And, and what are you doing with the people who are dying? Saving them. Okay, you got it? All right. Now, basically what this is about is God gives you a task of building a person and you do it, God gives you a task of keeping something precious and safe in your heart, never letting it get away from you. And God says, I want you to save some people from certain destruction and you go and you do it. Now, are you ready for the scripture that'll back up everything I just said? Yes. Huh? I'm ba- your curiosity is up, right? Well, I'm sorry. We'll continue this next week. Preacher, you better come up with something fast or you will not be the senior pastor of this church anymore. This is it. All right. You ready? Here it is. Open your Bibles to Jude. There's only one chapter. If you go to Revelation and take a left, it's the first book you'll run into. Jude, Revelation. Jude 1, we'll begin in verse 17. Jude 1, 17. But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last times, there will be scoffers. There will be critics. Uh, There will be negative people everywhere following their own ungodly passions. Is this sounding a little bit like our day? Following their own ungodly passions, it is these who cause divisions worldly people devoid of the spirit. These are worldly, ungodly, unsaved people causing trouble everywhere. I don't know about you, but that sounds like our world today. Verse 20, but you, that's what they're doing. But you, do you see it? But you beloved, Building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. The person you're building is you. You are the person you're building. You are the person. You you see, friends, it's like this. God has given you a building project. And you are the building project. And you are the manager of your own building project. Now you're not the boss, you're just the manager. God's still the boss. Are you with me? We don't want to take it out of context. But but God has given you the responsibility. He's given you the task of building yourself up in the holy faith. But you beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith. That's what the scripture says. You're to be building you up. I'm to be building me up. We're we're to be building one another up. But friends, we are to be building ourselves up in our most holy faith. Now, you may say, well, pastor, I thought the Lord did this. I thought we got saved and then the Lord took over from there. Well, that, that is true. That is true. But I want to tell you something, friends. The Lord doesn't do much with us until we're willing. Come on, let's get honest. The Lord doesn't do much with us until we get up off our lazy, I'll talk about that next week. (laughs) But I want to tell you, the moment you take God's word, and by the way, when are we to be building ourselves up? When the ungodly are going crazy. That's when you build yourself up. And when we make up our minds that we will get up and do something and that we will start growing in grace and building ourselves up in our most holy faith, I want to tell you the Lord comes down. Angels are dispatched. Heaven is at our disposal. And God gets involved. Friends, when you start building you up, oh, friends, things start happening. The Lord gets involved. You sit back and you wait. For God to do it all and it won't happen. But you take a step. The old preachers used to say it this way. You take one step and he'll take two. Amen. God will come right alongside of you. Amazing things will happen. When you launch out into a building yourself up in your most holy faith. When you launch into that mode of thinking. Oh, friends. Good things start happening. My preaching starts sounding better. The worship service gets better. The job gets better. The family gets better because there is a focus of you building yourself up in your most holy faith. Now, I hate to tell you this, but the opposite is true. You see, friends, if you're not willing to get up, get busy and go to work, your building project will be at a stalemate. It won't go anywhere. And more than likely, if you're not building yourself up in your most holy faith, you're tearing somebody else down in theirs, or at least you're trying to. Last week, we had an individual who walked down the aisle in our church. And I may not get this exactly right, but this individual walked down the aisle in our church. And this is what they said in front of the church last week after brother Bill preached an amazing message. I realize it's time for me to be a better person. It's time for me to do something. It's time for me to be better. Oh, friends, that attitude will get you into building yourself up in your most holy faith movement. I, we, we need to build ourselves up. The Bible says, build yourself up in your most holy faith. And what's amazing is, is when the world, and I hear people this, say this all the time, The world's going to hell in a handbasket. Things have never been this bad before. They're getting worse and worse. Yes, that's what the Bible says. But at the same time, you should be building yourself up in your most holy faith. Now, how do you do it? The short answer is you just do it. Just do it. I I, I, I don't think there's a wrong way to do it. Just do it. You make up your mind that you want to grow in grace and you want to build yourself up in your most holy faith. And I tell you, heaven will get get busy. Angels will assist you. Things will begin to happen. Uh, God will never ask you to do something that you can't do, and he'll never ask you to do something he won't help you do and give you the ability to do. So you start building yourself up. Now, there is one thing in this text that it says praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, I think there's a lot of commentary to that statement, but the only one in the text is praying in the Holy Spirit. So what does that mean? Well, I've heard some people say that praying in the Holy Spirit means you're praying in tongues, like Paul talked about. And I agree. I do agree. But then I've heard some other people say it's not praying in tongues. It's when you're praying under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And I agree. And then I've heard some people say, well, it's when you can't pray at all. It's that Romans 8 uh, passage of Scripture that says, we know not how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercessions for us with groanings which can't be uttered. And to pray in the Holy Spirit means you can't even say a word. You just kind of groan, and the Holy Spirit helps you. I agree. You see, here's what praying in the Holy Spirit means. It means that you and the Holy Spirit start cooperating in your prayer life and you start praying and you connect with God. You're not just going through the motions. You are praying in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we do it. We do it the way the Lord wants us to do it. Now, friends, if you're going to build yourself up, you got to get busy in prayer. It starts with prayer, continues with prayer and it gets deeper in prayer. I'm just asking you today, isn't it time? Isn't it time that your focus be returned from the world, from the confusion, from the chaos, from all the mishaps to this thing that God has told us to do to build yourself up? Isn't it time? Isn't it time for us to do what God's word says do? God says he wants us to be he wants you to be, let me say it that way, he wants you to be engaged in a building project, and the building project is you. Now you may say, Pastor, isn't that self serving? Isn't that self seeking? Isn't that self centered? Is anything but that? See, when you build yourself up in your most holy faith, oh, you start becoming the person God intended for you to be in the beginning. Amen. <laughs> You start becoming that sacrificial, that giving, that caring person that brings honor and glory to God. Listen, when you're building yourself up in your most holy faith, you're not self-centered. You're God-centered. Amen. And you start walking with him in, in an amazing in an amazing way. So I'm just saying, friends, uh, in the middle of all this confusion and chaos and uncertainty in the world, in the world start building yourself up. Do what needs to be done. All kinds of things. Uh, Bible study, prayer, hanging around with radicals that run around the building and raise their hands and get all excited about Jesus. I did hear somebody say one time that a fanatic is somebody that loves Jesus more than you do. Uh, Find some fanatics. Say, "What, what are you doing today? I'm looking for some fanatics. I just want to hang around with them a little while. There's all kinds of things. But I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit will lead you. And this building project, what is absolutely a must is that you don't get distracted and put your eyes on the world. You stay on the building project. All right, we'll keep reading. Uh, Verse 21. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life and have mercy on those who doubt. Anybody want to guess what that precious gift is we're about to put in our hearts? The love of God. That's what the love of God. God has given us this thing called the love of God. And, and I want to tell you, it's different from the love of the world. Even a special word is used. That special word is the word agape. The valuable thing that you and I are to keep in our hearts and never let anybody to take it away from us. Is that agape love of God? Romans 5.5 5 says that God has poured into our hearts the love of God. Now, isn't this interesting? So the Bible talks about these scoffers, these critics, these these crazy people in the world. I don't know what these ungodly people with ungodly passions bringing divisions and devoid of the spirit. And then it says, but build yourself up in your most holy faith. And keep yourselves in the love of God. Man, that's precious. You keep yourself in the love of God. You take hold of this gift that was given to you at salvation when the Holy Spirit came in, and you keep yourself in the love of God. You see, this precious gift is something we hold on to and we live with. Now, why, against the background of a... Chaotic and confused and distorted and ungodly world would God say to us, but keep yourselves in the love of God. I'm going to tell you why, friends, because it is our human nature to get in the middle of the fight. That's our human nature. It, it, it's, it's our human nature to try to size things up and figure out which side we want to be on. I don't know if you've noticed this or not. But CNN and Fox News hate each other. (laughs) Have you picked up on that? And I want to tell you, they're so busy hating each other. Sometimes I think they miss the news completely. Fox News wants you to hate all them crazy people over at CNN. And CNN wants you to hate all those folks over there at Fox News. And you and I are trying to figure out which side to be on. Can I help you, child of God? When the world divides up and starts fighting, you don't get on either side. You don't get on anybody's side. You keep yourself in the love of God. You don't let anybody take that out of your heart. No, it's the most precious gift of all. The love of God. Now, you, you can be theological with me and say, it's Jesus. Well, friends, Jesus and the love of God and the agape love of God are the same. Amen. They are the same. It's the most precious gift you got. Don't let anybody take it away from you. It is a love that transcends the love of the world. It, it is a love that's not like the fickle, hot and cold, on and off, love me one day and hate me the next love that the world has. This is a love that's constant it's at agape love. And listen, I'm not going to turn to it now, but I hope you'll spend some time in it. First Corinthians the thirteenth chapter. Just make a note of it. Don't read it now. You'll miss what I'm about to say. But here's what the Bible says. It says if I go out and give the greatest of sacrifices, if I go out and fight the most noble of battles. If everybody's patting me on the back, telling me how wonderful I am, but if I don't have love, yes, I, I'm quoting now, I am nothing. Amen. Right. I am nothing. Amen. Friends, river of life, can have all kind of humanitarian efforts. We can impress and impact this community. We can do things that churches have never dreamed of before. We can be praised as a great church. But if we don't have the agape love of God, we are nothing. We are nothing. You you see, friends, we are nothing without that love. With it, we're something. Without it, we're nothing. This is on about a first grade level, so if you don't get this, I'm worried about you. With it, we are something. Without it, look at your neighbor and say, I am something. Oh, friends, this agape love is better and more glorious and more wonderful than anything the world has to offer. It is patient. It is kind. It, it, it is not arrogant. It does not boast. It is not rude. It does not seek its own way. Amen. All this is coming right out of scriptures. By the way, if you know somebody that always has to have it their way, my, I'd like for my wife to be silent right at this moment. <laughs> I've already repented, darling, before the service started. I got, if you know somebody who always has to have it their way, they insist on their way. They don't know anything about the love of God. It does not insist upon its own way. It is not irritable. irritable. It is not resentful. It does not rejoice when wrong is done. It rejoices when truth wins out. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. Child of God, do you hear me? Listen, the world's in a mess right now, but you've been given a precious gift and it endures all things. You will come out on the other side of this experience in victory. But you got to keep yourself in the love of God. Hey, by the way, when you get to 1 Corinthians the 13th chapter this evening, you read it. Don't miss this. Love, agape, agape love never never ends. It 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 keeps going and going and going. The energizer bunny doesn't have anything on God. It just keeps going and going and going. The love of God just doesn't stop. God loves us. And that love just keeps going. And if we keep ourselves in the love of God. Oh, friends, listen to me. If we keep ourselves in the love of God. We won't let this world harden our hearts. We won't. Oh, friends. Now, I, I'm just saying this. You, you may not be as weak-minded as I am, but sometimes I just have to swear off the news for about a month. Because it, it fosters hatred. Don't let the world take this precious gift that you've been given, which is the love of God. Don't choose sides. Now, if you think that's tough, this is going to be more difficult. Are you ready? Love the people on both sides. Oh, that was pitiful. (laughs) Love those people on CNN and all that they represent. And love those people on Fox News and all that they represent. And love those poor, pitiful, desperate, needy people in Washington, (laughs) D.C. All of them. Love them all. Love your enemies. That's what the Bible says. Pray for them. You love them. You say, Pastor, I can't do that. I know you can't. But God has given you a gift. And if you keep yourself in that gift of love, right. you can do it. Yeah, amen. And I got to tell you, without it, you are. With it, you are. It. We're, getting, we're getting through on this, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Love of God. The love of God. All right, before I go to my third point, let's just say, what are we building with our hands? And that person is? And what is the precious gift? And where do we put it? And we keep it right. All right. I'm going to ask in three weeks. I'm going to walk up to you and ask you. You're going to get an F if you can't remember. All right. Here's the last one. Verse 23. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garments stained by the flesh. Child of God. There are three things that we have to keep doing no matter what the world does. We have to keep building ourselves up in our most holy faith. We have to keep on keeping the love of God close to us. Never let it get away. Never let the world harden our hearts or change us. And we have to save others. We're all in the saving business. Now, this is very important. I'm amazed um, at, at how God uses Brother Bill Jenkins. He's, he's, he's more amazed at how God uses Bill Jenkins, but I'm amazed at how God using uses him. And, and, and last week was just absolutely awesome. I mean, I am amazed. Yeah. He has the gift of evangelism. You may not have the gift of evangelism. I don't have the gift of evangelism. But child of God, listen to me. We are all in the saving business. The Bible is not writing this to uh, those who have the gift of evangelism. Writing to all of us. When the times are tough and the times are bad, you build yourself up in your most holy faith. And you keep yourselves in the love of God. And you save others. Amen. Yeah. You save others. Yeah. You get, a, you get busy about the business of saving others. And uh, so it's something that we have to do. And by the way, God commands it. Jesus said that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. And later he said, as the father has sent me, even so send I you. Jesus was on a soul saving mission. I heard, somebody, I heard somebody say, naturally this would be an evangelist. But I heard an evangelist say, God only had one son and he made him an evangelist. And so it's kind of self-serving, I thought. But anyway, you liked it. You, you liked it. But I want to tell you, but it doesn't just apply to evangelists. We're all to be in the business of saving souls. Twice in our text, we won't look at these, but twice in our text it says showing mercy. Do you understand that when you're building yourself up in your most holy faith? those wonderful godly characteristics of mercy and grace uh, and the presence of God and the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance against such which. You're building yourself. When you are building yourself up in your most holy faith, mercy just emanates. Mercy just goes out from you. And listen, when you're keeping yourself in the love of God, I don't care if it's a good day or a bad day. When somebody runs into you and starts talking to you, they walk away knowing they've been in the presence of mercy. Not a scoffer. Not somebody who's critical. Not somebody who's negative. But somebody who has mercy. And friends, the most merciful thing you'll ever do in your life is save someone. To save them. To give them the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to pull up a picture right now. I want you to see this. You all know who this guy is. This is Fred Adonisio. You've probably seen him many times. He comes in the church. He'd walk all the way up front and sit between me and Brother Charles. Oh, I love Brother Fred. Brother Fred went home to be with the Lord this past weekend. And uh, my heart is heavy, and yet there's a part of me that's rejoicing. You see, about eight or ten years ago, my wife and I decided to put hardwood floors in our house. And somebody had told me to go to Tallahassee and see this guy. They gave me his name, and I went and asked for him. I want to see Fred, the flooring guy. Fred comes out, shakes my hand. Beth, we sit down at the table. And I said, now, Fred, before we get started, we want some hardwood floors. And I was going to be real official here. Before we get started, I just want to tell you that I'm a pastor and I want to talk to you about the Lord. And Fred looked at me and he said, I don't talk about religion or politics. So you can talk to somebody else. Well, that made me mad. (laughs) And I said, no, sir, if you want my business, we're going to talk about the Lord. That was kind of a low blow. But anyway, I said, if you want my business, we'll talk about the Lord. And I won't ever forget sitting at this table. He said, okay, fine. You do the talking, I'll do the listening. But I'm not talking about religion or politics. I said, fair enough. I'll do the talking, you do the listening. So anyway, uh, uh, I started talking to him. He never made any response. We picked out the flooring we want. He came down to measure the floor. At my house. And I'd already made my mind. I wasn't going to let him get away. Until he talked with me. So as he was finishing. I said I'm going to fix you a cup of coffee. And we're going to sit down and talk for a while. And he said no. I'm on a busy schedule. And I can't talk. I said Fred. I'm going to fix you a cup of coffee. And we're going to sit down and talk. One cup of coffee. And I want to tell you. He was almost angry. And he said. All right. Fix me a cup of coffee. And when I did. I handed it to him. He sat down. He said let's have it. Just do it. Say whatever you want to say, but let's get this thing over with. I was, let me tell you, there are a lot of people out there that need Jesus, but they don't know they need Jesus and they're going to resist you when you try to tell them about Jesus. And I said, Fred, I I remember somebody saying he had a Catholic background. I said, Fred, you got a Catholic background? He said, yes. I said, can I read you a prayer that a Catholic priest wrote. And we call it the miracle prayer at our church. He said, well, sure. And I took that, that prayer out and I read him that prayer. I didn't say anything to it. I just read him the prayer. And when I never looked up and when I finished reading the prayer, I looked up and tears were dripping off his cheek, hitting the table. And that day he prayed that prayer, that miracle prayer. And he trusted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. I, I knew it was real because a couple days later, he called me and he said, I need some of those prayers and I need some Bibles. Nobody had to tell him, Brother Bill. I said, he said, we're going to buy some Bibles. I said, you can't buy Bibles. I said, we will provide the Bibles. River of Life will get you the Bibles. I said, how many you need? He told me, I got the prayers. I got the Bibles. I went to his place of work. And we started going around giving Bibles to everybody. Amen. He was saying, wow. <laughs> and when he gave all those Bibles away, he called me in a few days later. In fact, Brother Dallas, I was in a prayer meeting that you were leading one night. And he said, I need some more Bibles. I got to send some to my family. And so I got him some more Bibles. And I want to tell you, he turned in, this is for another message, but he turned into one of the greatest prayer warriors I've ever known. Got more answers to prayer than anybody. He would tell me how he prayed, and it was real simple. It was, Jesus, I need you to do something for me. That's the way he prayed. (laughs) Brother Al, one day we were at church, and I'd prayed, you'd prayed, I think several more of us had prayed, and he leaned over, and he said, will you teach me how to pray like you guys pray? I said, no. I said, you're getting your prayers answered. Don't mess with it. So, but I've told that whole story to get to this point. And that is not too long after this, he would call me and he would say, I just want to thank you. Thank you for saving me. And I wasn't real comfortable with that, but since he was such a new convert, it didn't say anything. And then next week I talked to him, thank you for saving me. Man, I never knew it was this good. I never knew it was this wonderful. How could I have lived my life without this? Thank you for saving me. And after a few months of this, I thought, you know, I got to make this right. I got to make. So one day he told me, he said, thank you for saving me. And this is what I said to him. I said, Fred, okay, it's time for you to learn something. And that is, I didn't save you. He said, yes, you did. I said, no, I didn't. I said, Jesus saved you. And he said to me, pastor, you listen to me. He said, I know that the blood of Jesus washed my sins away. I know that Jesus Christ came into my heart And became my savior. I know that Jesus lives in my heart. I know there's no other way of salvation. Except through Jesus. I know who my savior is. And Jesus Christ is my savior. But I would have never known any of that. Had you not told me. So you listen to me pastor. You saved me. I said yes sir. but then I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure whether that was right or not. So I went to the Bible. By the way, does not our text say save others? Build yourself up, keep yourself in the love of God, save others. God says you're to be a savior. You're to save others. And then I started reading some of Paul's writings. in uh, one passage of scripture, Paul says, I become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Paul said, I'm doing this so I can save them. And then wives, there may be some wife here that needs to hear this. The Bible says in First Corinthians, it says, wife, don't you know that it, you're living for the Lord? If you will do what you should do, you can save your husband. Our husbands, you can save your wife. Another place, the apostle Paul said this. He he said, I'm trying to provoke the Jews to jealousy. I want them to see this wonderful thing I have. I want them to be jealous so I can save them. Now, friends, there is no mistake about who the Savior is. And without Jesus, without that agape love, we are nothing. With it, we are something. And when we have it and we share it with people... We become agents of salvation. I'm just telling you, friends, there's some people you need to save. If Jesus lives in your heart, there's some people you need to save. And some of those people, you might need to do a little bit of snatching. Pull that last verse up. Pull that last passage of scripture up. <laughs> save others by what? Yeah, yeah. Now, you say, well, what if they get mad with me and never come back? What are they going to do? Go to hell number two? (laughs) Maybe maybe if we made more people mad, I don't mean that we should try to do that, but maybe if we made more people upset, we'd see more people getting saved. I'm just saying. Wow, I'm worn out. I know I've worn you folks out. Hey, I want to read this to you, but you, you may be saying, pastor, I don't know how to save somebody. Yes, you do. Just share a gospel track with them. Just pray with them. Just, just do what I did. I did not say one word to Fred Adonisio other than just, I read a prayer to him. God did the rest. Are you ready? Let's pull it up. Let's pull it up on the board. Just listen as I read, Lord Jesus, I come before you just as I am. I am sorry for my sins. I repent of my sins. Please forgive me. In your name, I forgive all others for what they have done against me. I renounce Satan, the evil spirits, and all their works. I give you my entire self, Lord Jesus, now and forever. I invite you into my life, Jesus. I accept you as my Lord, God, and savior. Heal me, change me, strengthen me in body, soul, and spirit. I love this part. Come Lord Jesus, cover me with your precious blood and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I love you, Lord Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I shall follow you every day of my life. Would you bow with me in prayer? I'm asking you to take your eyes. I'm not saying we should be blind, but to take your focus off the things of this world and put your focus on three things right now. The first one is building yourself up in your most holy faith. The second one is keeping yourselves in the love of God. And the third one is saving others. And I just got to tell you, I got to tell you, and when we do these three things, we may not change the whole world, but it changes us. And I, I'm just asking you, would you be willing to do this, to make a commitment? One more time, with your hands, and I know your heads are bowed, but with your hands, you're, you're building a person. But that person is you, and you're doing it according to the Bible and the Word of God. And then you've received this gift and you're not going to let anybody, any angry person in the world take it away from you, the love of God. And then you're going to save people. You're going to share the good news of Jesus Christ. I want to tell you uh, what Brother Bill does, and he does so beautifully, is, is amazing. But, oh, you're talking about something powerful when everybody in the house takes on that responsibility of reaching and saving and helping others.